Hello, and welcome to A Course in Miracles Daily Workbook Lessons for Regular People. I'm your host, Reverend Robin. This podcast is a companion to my first one, which is A Course in Miracles for Regular People, where we read and discuss the text of A Course in Miracles. In this podcast, we read and discuss the daily workbook lessons that go with the course. I love these lessons and what they do for me, and I love to discuss them with others who are on their journey to atonement. There are several ways that you can reach out to me if you'd like to chat. I'm on Twitter at ACIMFOR. I'm on Facebook at A Course in Miracles for Regular People. You can email me at ACIMDWL. FRP, that's A Course in Miracles Daily Workbook Lessons for Regular People, ACIMDWLFRP at gmail.com. Or you can simply go to anchor.fm and leave me a voice message. And while you're there, you can make a donation if you'd like to support this podcast. I'd really appreciate that. Then I wouldn't have to put ads in them. So thank you in advance if you decide to support the podcast. Good morning. Today is lesson 135. If I defend myself, I am attacked. If I defend myself, I am attacked. Who would defend himself unless he thought he were attacked, that the attack were real, and that his own defense could save himself? Herein lies the folly of defense. This is why defense is needless. It gives illusions full reality. So if you believe the illusion that you are being attacked and you defend yourself against it, that makes that illusion more real for you. In the real reality, there is no such thing as attack. So then defending yourself is attempting to handle those imagined attacks as real. Doing this adds illusions to illusions, thus making correction doubly difficult. And it is this that you do when you attempt to plan the future, activate the past, or organize the present as you wish. When we try to do these things, to organize the present, trying to make things work out for us, or <clears throat> or plan the future in a way that we think will work out best for us. We are adding illusions to the illusion that there is something that needs to be better. Continuing. You operate from the belief that you must protect yourself from what is happening because what is happening must contain something that threatens you. A sense of threat is an acknowledgement of an inherent weakness, a belief that there is a danger, a danger which has power to call on you or to cause you to make appropriate defense. The world is based on this insane belief And that is the belief that there is something that is a danger to you. And all of its structures and all of its thoughts 
and doubts, its penalties and heavy armaments, its legal definitions and its codes, its ethics and its leaders and its gods all serve only to preserve the danger's sense of threat. For no one walks this world in armature but must have terror striking at his heart. So anyone who walks around in armor must have terror striking at his heart. <clears throat> Defense is frightening. It stems from fear, increasing the level of fear as each defense is made. You think that defense offers safety, yet it speaks of fear made real and terror justified. Is it not strange to you that you do not pause to ask as you elaborate your plans and make your armor thicker and your locks more tight, what is it, what it is that you defend and how and against what? So I'll reward that a little bit. Isn't it strange that while you're making greater plans for your defense, making your armor thicker and your locks tighter, that you never pause, isn't it strange that you never pause to ask what it is that you're defending? Or how you're going to defend it? And what you're defending against? Continuing. Let us consider first what you defend. It must be something that is very weak and easily assaulted. It must be something made easy prey, unable to protect itself, and needing your defense. What, other than the body, has such frailty that constant care and watchful, deep concern are needful to protect its little life? What, other than the body, falters and must fail to serve the Son of God as a worthy host? Our body is called the host to our spirit. Yet it is not the body that can fear, nor be a thing of fear, or something to be afraid of. The body has no needs but those which you assign to it. Earlier lessons talk about, like in the first five lessons, it talks about looking around the room at everything that surrounds you and saying things like, this door is meaningless, this hand is meaningless, this pen is meaningless. And then, like the next lesson said, that it, the only meaning that anything has is the meaning I have given it. <clears throat> so, the body has no needs but those which you assign to it. So it, the body, needs not complicated structures of defense no health-inducing medicine, no care, and no concern at all. Defend its life, or give it gifts to make it beautiful, or walls to make it safe, and you say that your home or your body is open to the thief of time, corruptible and crumbling, so unsafe that it must be guarded with your very life. Is not this picture fearful? Can you be at peace with such a concept of your home, a.k.a. your body? 
Yet what endowed the body with the right to serve you thus, in this way, except your own belief? It is your mind which gave the body all the functions that you see in it, and set its value far beyond a little pile of dust and water. Who would make defense of something that he recognized as this, as a little pile of dust and water? The body is in no need of defense. This cannot be too often emphasized. It will be strong and healthy if the mind does not abuse it by assigning it to roles that it cannot fill, to purposes beyond its scope, to exalted aims which it cannot accomplish. Such attempts, the assigning of these roles to your body that it cannot fill, such attempts, ridiculous and yet deeply cherished, these attempts are the source for the many mad attacks that you make upon the body. For it, the body, seems to fail your hopes, your needs, your values, and your dreams. <coughs> we, we tend to kind of be irritated with our bodies when they don't work the way we would like them to. Like it, as some people get older and they develop arthritis and they can't walk right or they can't use their hands right or whatever, and it that frustration makes us angry at the body part that's not working right because it seems to fail our hopes, our needs, our values, and dreams. Continuing. The self that, the quote-unquote self that needs protection is not real. The body, valueless and hardly worth the least defense, need merely be perceived as quite apart or separate from you and becomes a healthy, serviceable instrument through which the mind can operate until its, until its usefulness is over, the body's usefulness. Who would want to keep something when its usefulness is done? When you defend the body, you have attacked your mind, for you have seen it, for you have seen in it, in your mind, the faults, the weaknesses, the limits, and the lacks from which you think the body is, must be saved. You will not see the mind as separate from bodily conditions, and you will impose upon the body all the pain that comes from the conception of the mind as limited and fragile and apart from other minds and separate from its source. So it's separating our mind from its source that causes us to believe that we are weak, limited, fragile, and separate from other minds. When we have the right belief about our mind, then we can recognize that the body is just a tool. And when we recognize that the body is just a tool and stop assigning roles to the body that the body can't handle, when we have those thoughts aligned properly, then our body 
just becomes healthy and a useful tool. So continuing. These are the thoughts that are in need of healing. And the body will respond with health when they have been corrected and replaced with truth. This is the body's only real defense. The, this, the corrected thoughts, which become the truth that replaces the error of believing that our mind is weak, limited, fragile, and separate. This is the body's only real defense. The only defense that is really needed. Yet, is this where you look for defense? No. You offer it, your body, protection of a kind from which it gains no benefit at all, but merely adds to your distress of mind. You do not heal, but merely take away the hope of healing, for you fail to see where hope must lie if it is to be meaningful. A healed mind does not plan. It carries out the plans that it receives through listening to wisdom with a capital W that is not its own. The healed mind waits until it has been taught what should be done and then proceeds to do it. This is what Jesus was doing when it says in the Bible that he left in the, in the middle of the night or the very early morning hours to go out into the wilderness to be alone with his father. When he was doing that, he was receiving instructions for the next day, like where to go to or who to talk to or how to handle the situations that will be presented to him that day. Continuing, it, the healed mind, does not depend upon itself for anything except its adequacy to fulfill the plans assigned to it. <clears throat> so the healed mind knows that it is adequate to fulfill the plans assigned to it. So when it knows that, it is secure in certainty that obstacles cannot impede its progress to accomplishment of any goal that serves the greater plan established for the good of everyone. This next paragraph is a bit challenging to me, so I'm just going to read it as it is, and then I'm going to try to break it down so that I can get a better understanding of it, and hopefully you, the listener, will also have a better understanding of it. So here goes. A healed mind is relieved of the belief that it must plan. Although it cannot know the outcome which is best, the means by which it is achieved, nor how to recognize the problem that the plan is made to solve. It must misuse the body and its plans until it recognizes this is so. But when it has accepted this as true, then it is healed and lets the body go. So, a healed mind is relieved of the belief that it must plan. That I get. So, although it cannot know the outcome, which is best, <coughs> so the healed mind doesn't know the outcome, which is best. 
trusts that the plan, that God's plan will work. So the mind cannot know the outcome which is best. It also cannot know the means by which that outcome is achieved, nor even how to recognize the problem that the plan is made to solve. The unhealed mind, or maybe even the healed mind, by itself doesn't even recognize what the problem is. So, if a mind doesn't know what the problem is, or how to deal with it, the unhealed mind will misuse the body in its plans until it recognizes that it doesn't know what the problem is, and that it doesn't know what outcome is the best, or how to get that outcome. But once the mind recognizes these things and accepts them as true, then the mind is healed and it lets the body go. It no longer, the healed mind no longer tries to require things of the body that the body can't do. And that's why when the mind is healed, it is relieved of the belief that it must plan. Okay, I think I got it. I hope that it's more clear to you. It feels, feels good to me. So this next paragraph is also rather challenging to me, so I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to read it as it's written, and then I'm going to try to break it down. So here it goes. Enslavement of the body to the plans the unhealed mind sets up to save itself must make the body sick. It is not free to be the means of helping in a plan which far exceeds its own protection and which needs its service for a little while. In this capacity is health assured, for everything the mind employs for this will function flawlessly and with the strength that has been given it and cannot fail. So, enslavement of the body to the plans that the unhealed mind sets up to save itself will make the body sick. Got it. It, the mind, is not free to be the means of helping in a plan which far exceeds its own protection and which needs the body's service for a little while. So it says... The mind is not free <clears throat> to help with a plan that is far beyond itself. The healed mind, going back to the other, the healed mind is relieved of the belief that it must plan even though it cannot know the outcome. So the mind is not free to be the means of helping in a plan which far exceeds itself and which the mind <clears throat> and a plan in which the mind needs the body's service for a little while in this capacity when the mind is healed and is relieved of the belief that it must plan in that capacity health is assured 
for everything that the mind employs for the real purpose, for the real plan, will function flawlessly. And everything that the mind, the healed mind, employs for the real purpose will function flawlessly with the strength that has been given to it. And with the strength that has been given to the mind and the body in the real plan, it cannot fail. The plan cannot fail. Okay, I think I got it. I hope you do too. So let's continue. <clears throat> it is perhaps not easy to perceive that self-initiated plans are but defenses with the purpose that all of them were made to realize. They are the means, the self-initiated plans are the means by which a frightened mind would undertake its own protection at the cost of truth. So, it is perhaps not easy to perceive that self-initiated plans are only defenses with the purpose that all of them were made to realize. <clears throat> okay, my screen went dark for a second. Got to find my spot again. It is perhaps not easy to perceive that self-initiated plans are only defenses with the purpose that all of them were made to realize. They are defenses that the self-initiated plans were made to create. They are the means by which a frightened mind would undertake its own protection at the cost of truth. So the frightened mind creates these plans as defense <clears throat> for its own protection. And when it does that, it does not have the truth. So continuing, this is not difficult to realize in some forms which these self-deceptions self take where the denial of reality is very obvious. Yet planning is not often recognized as a defense true that. It just seems like, well, we have the day ahead of us. What are we going to do? Let's plan this day to make our use of time more efficient. And what that is actually doing <clears throat> is deceiving ourselves and allowing the lie that we are separate to continue. So, continuing. The mind that is engaged in planning for itself is occupied in setting up control of future happenings. It does not think that it will be provided for unless it makes its own provisions. That reminds me of a song that my son introduced me to a couple of years ago. And it is, 
I think it's just a guy, or maybe it's a band. I don't, I'm not sure. Nako for the people, N-A-H-K-O. I'll put the link in the show description so that you can click on the link and listen to the song. And it just says, we are so provided for. We are so provided for. And it's just, it's a really great song and it just fits this really well. So, continuing. Time becomes a future emphasis to be controlled by learning and experience that is obtained from past events and previous beliefs. <clears throat> so, the mind that is engaged in planning for itself does not think that it will be provided for unless it makes its own provisions and overlooks the present, for it rests on the idea that the past has taught enough to let the mind direct its future course. So the mind that is engaged in planning for itself overlooks the present because it rests on the idea that the past has taught enough to let the mind direct its future course. The mind that is plan the mind that plans is refusing to allow for change. So if the mind is refusing to allow for change, then things will just continue same old, same old. What the mind has learned before becomes the basis for its future goals. Its past experience directs its choice of what will happen. And it does not see that here and now is everything it needs to guarantee a future quite unlike the past. Without a continuity of any old ideas and sick beliefs, anticipation plays no part at all for present confidence directs the way. <coughs> Defenses are the plans that you make against the truth. The aim of these defenses is to select what you approve of and disregard what you consider incompatible with your beliefs. Your beliefs about your reality. Yet, after disregarding of the things that you consider incompatible, what remains is meaningless indeed. For it is your reality that is the quote-unquote threat which your defenses would attack, obscure, take apart, and crucify. The, ra the reality of who we are is the threat that our defenses aim to destroy. Continuing. What could you not accept if you but know that everything that happens, all events, past, present, and yet to come, are gently planned by one, capital O, whose only purpose is your good. Perhaps you have misunderstood his plan, for he would never offer pain to you. But your defenses did not let you see his loving blessing shine in your every step that you ever took. 
while you made plans for death. <clears throat> he led you gently to eternal life. Your present in the moment trust in him is the defense that promises a future undisturbed without a trace of sorrow and with joy that constantly increases as this life becomes a holy instant set in time but heeding only immortality. Let no defenses but your present trust direct the future and this life becomes meaningful with the truth that only your defenses would conceal. Well, that sounds beautiful. Our present trust in the moment. <clears throat> is a defense that promises an undisturbed future without a trace of sorrow and with joy that constantly increases. Mm. Continuing, without defenses, you become a light which heaven gratefully acknowledges as its own. And it will lead you on in ways appointed for your happiness according to the ancient plan. And it, the light that we are, will lead us on in ways appointed for our happiness according to the ancient plan, which was begun when time was born. Your followers will join their light with yours, and it will be increased until the world is lighted up with joy and gladly Will our brothers lay aside their cumbersome defenses, which availed them nothing and could only terrify? But as we walk and let that light that we are shine, that our brothers and sisters will lay aside their cumbersome defenses. Continuing, we will only anticipate that time today. We will anticipate the future that is undisturbed without a trace of sorrow and with joy that constantly increases. We will anticipate that time today with present confidence, for this is the part, for this is part of what was planned for us. We will be sure that everything we need is given us today for our accomplishment of this this undisturbed, joy-filled future. We make no plans for how it will be done, but realize that our defenselessness is all that is required for the truth to dawn upon our minds with certainty. I'm loving this lesson. For 15 minutes, twice today, we rest from senseless planning and from every thought that blocks the truth from entering our minds. Today, we will receive instead of plan that we may give instead of organize and we are given truly as we say. If I defend myself, I am attacked. But in defenselessness, I will be strong and I will learn what my defenses hide. <clears throat> Nothing but that. 
If there are plans to make, you will be told of them. They may not be the plans you thought were needed, nor indeed the answers to the problems which you thought confronted you. So we don't even know what the problems are which we think we're dealing with. But the answers we will receive are answers to another kind of question which remains unanswered, still in need of answering until the answer, capital A, comes to you at last. All your defenses have been aimed at not receiving what you will receive today. And in the light and joy of simple trust, you will but wonder why you ever thought that you must be defended from release. Heaven asks nothing. It is hell that makes extravagant demands for sacrifice. You give up nothing in these times today when undefended you present yourself to your creator as you really are. He has remembered you. Today, we will remember him. For this is Easter time in your salvation. And you rise again from what was seeming death and hopelessness. Now is the light of hope reborn in you. For now, you come without defense to learn your part within the plan of God. What little plans or magical beliefs can still have value when you have received your function from the voice for God himself? Try not to shape this day as you believe would benefit you the most. In other words, don't try to make things work out for yourself. For you cannot conceive of all the happiness that comes to you without your planning. We won't believe how great things turn out when we learn to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Learn today. And all the world will take this giant stride and celebrate your Easter time with you. The time of our resurrection from seeming death and hopelessness is the Easter time that the world will celebrate with us. Continuing. Throughout the day, as foolish little things show up to raise, your, to raise defensiveness in you <coughs> and tempt you to engage in weaving plans, remind yourself, this is a special day for learning. And acknowledge that it is special by saying this. This is my Easter time, and I would keep it holy. I will not defend myself, because the Son of God needs no defense against the truth of his reality.
trust in the present moment that you are within and of God. Today, I wish you a day of release. Many blessings. Namaste.